The following podcast may contain mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Glenn, and welcome to the Glenn Think Stuff podcast. I'm back. I'm back, baby. I took a week vacation, and then I went to work um, this week, and now I am back to record my podcast. Last week, I put together like a best of, um, well, maybe not best of, but it was my favorite segments from previous podcasts, and I had a lot of fun putting it together. I did miss recording and talking to you guys, but I'm back today and I have some interesting things to discuss with you. Um, What happened? What happened since I've been... Oh, Aretha Franklin died. Aretha Franklin died since my last podcast that I recorded, and that's sad, man. Aretha Franklin made beautiful music, and I'm an Aretha Franklin fan. I like Aretha Franklin, and so that sucks. What else happened? Oh, they found ice on the moon. (laughs) That doesn't change anything for any of us, I don't think. When I read the articles about the ice, I thought, I mean, it was like a big deal. And so I read the articles and then I was like, well, that really doesn't change anything for me. So I'm not going to talk about that on my podcast today, but... I just, like, I got into it and I hit a dead end and was just like, what? Why is everyone so excited about ice on the moon? But I guess scientists get excited when they find ice in different places. So I'm not a scientist, so I'm not excited about that. But I'm excited about some other stuff that I'm going to talk about today. So let's do it to it. What is going on, everybody that's listening to my podcast right now? Not everybody, because everybody doesn't listen to my podcast. But if you do, what's up? What's up? (laughs) Oh, I'm dating myself with that. But anyway, how are you guys doing? How have you been? I missed podcasting last week. Last week I dropped the my favorite segment episode and I miss talking to you guys. I miss recording a podcast. There's something therapeutic about just talking about all the gibberish that constantly goes on in my mind. <laughs> but like I said before, I think an episode ago that I took a week off from work. A whole week. Seven days, baby. Seven days, baby. And I haven't done that in about four years, so it was overdue. I had a lot of appointments scheduled for that week, and I had a lot of back-to-school shopping to do, and I climbed a mountain, and a garter snake went out in front of me, scared me to death. What else did I do? I did some cool stuff. I I I just rested and had a good time and spent some time with family, and it was a lot a lot a lot of fun but I got an opportunity while I was off and it was kind of downtime to think about some stuff and to listen to other people's podcasts because that's something that I really I really enjoy listening to other podcasts because I don't know 
I draw a lot of strength and I learn learn a lot of things from other podcasters. And I like to laugh and I like to learn things. And something that I've gotten into really bad lately is the true crime. True crime. Before I started podcasting, I I don't know. I wasn't into true crime at the level that I am now. And I'm actually going to talk about a Black Widow serial killer on my podcast today, but not right now. I'm just wetting your appetite. I'm moistening your appetite. <laughs> I'm making your appetite moist. And, well, hopefully, unless you don't like that kind of thing, then your appetite will not be moist. Your appetite will be unmoist, unmoistened. But I've really gotten into true crime lately, and what I thought would be fun, and I don't know why I am even talking about this right now, because I don't know if I'm going to do it yet, but I thought that it would be cool to research the serial killer that I want to talk about at like a lot of research and actually put it together and type it up and do a podcast like that. I'm not going to do that today. Of course, of course I'm not because this is the Glenn Think Stuff podcast and that goes against everything that we believe here at Glenn Think Stuff podcast. I talked to my producer about it, which is myself. And I was like, no, man, this is mostly off the cuff. You can't be doing that on here. So I actually am thinking about starting another podcast that does not drop weekly, maybe monthly, or maybe doing a series, but on a different, like creating a different podcast and really putting some research into it. Where I talk about true crime and serial killers it's just something I'm kicking around. I don't know if I'm going to do it. I don't know why I'm talking about it right now because I'm thinking about it and it's I love the in-depth research that people do into true crime. It's just fascinating. But it's not it's not I don't laugh a lot <laughs> when I'm talking about it or reading about it. But I thought it would be cool, it'd be fun. I don't know if I'm going to do it. So I don't even know. Man, I don't even know why I'm talking about that right now. Anyway, to make a long story longer. Anyway, I went to back to work this past Tuesday because I took off Tuesday through Monday. And I, so I went back to work this past Tuesday. And when I got back to work um, that morning, Tuesday morning, I got an alert that my social security number was being used somewhere else in the United States. And that's not a message that you like to get. That's not, I mean, that's not something that's like, oh, that's cool, man. You can use my digits. I got it. And I was like, well, that doesn't sound like it's good. And so I did a little quick research. And when I got off, like when I got off work, I researched a little bit. And, you know, Google confirmed that that is not a good thing to happen in your life. And the things that could be possibilities of what could be going on. It could be a mistake. It could be someone stealing your identity or the beginning of that process. The beginning of that process could be taking place. And so I was like, dude, well, I've got to protect myself. So I took some steps and I'm actively taking some steps now to protect myself from that. I didn't freak out. 
I didn't freak out about it. I didn't get real upset. I was just like, well, I need to do something about this. <laughs> because when when stuff happens in your life, it does no good to to get all flustered. You know, that's what I found anyway. I mean, sometimes I do. Sometimes I do get flustered. I'm not on a soapbox. I'm not telling you, you know, I never get, I'm not the one that ever gets flustered or upset or stressed out. Because that is not accurate. That is not an accurate piece of information because I do. But for some reason, when this happened, I was just like, all right, what's the steps I need to take? to fix it and I'm taking steps and I took some steps to protect myself but if my identity gets stolen which would be jacked up man that would be messed up but if it gets stolen you might have a different host next week you might have a totally different host of Glenn Think stuff so be prepared for that I hope they're better at this than me <laughs> which would not be that wouldn't be hard to do but, so I guess you could say that I'm going through an identity crisis right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think that's funny. So, you know, I started thinking about why would somebody do that? And I started thinking about all the technology, you know, that we have now and how everything's on computers and how that makes it easier for people to kind of rob you from the comfort of their own home, you know? And how kind of messed up that is and why people do that. And of course they do it for financial gain, I guess, um, which is just messed up because you're taking something from somebody else or corporations or whatever when you hack, that's not good to do. And people do it, the bottom line, of why people do it is to you know for financial gain and you know because this is a materialistic society it just is there are people that are not materialistic in our society but overall everywhere you look for the most part and I know that I've hit on this and I've hinted around this in past podcasts it's everywhere you look there's something appealing to your senses that you know you need this you need to keep up with the joneses and i'm here to tell you today on my platform that no you don't you don't need to keep up with the joneses because i've always felt like materialism you know material things are nice and i'm down for comfort and i'm down for convenience and if it's like a luxury that makes my life better like I like stuff like like having a smartphone, an iPhone with like Google Maps or like a GPS on your phone. That makes my life easier because I don't have to carry around a roadmap everywhere. I like things like that that make my life easier, you know, and that's kind of old technology. But that's still a luxury to me because when I was younger and I started driving, I remember the days of having to have... Um, what is it, MapQuest, where you would print out the directions off MapQuest, and that was like a luxury to me, you know? And, you know, so I think luxuries like that are cool, but as far as like accumulating a whole lot of material things, I just never understood that. It never made sense in my head, like why 
do I just want to accumulate a lot of things? Look at all of my things. Man, look at all of these things that I have. It just never, I don't know. That thought in my head never jived. It never clicked. So I really don't understand it. I don't understand trends, you know, like fashion trends. I really don't understand fashion trends because what it is is you're just copying somebody else and somebody else has to, it has to be an original idea at some point. If you trace it back, somebody came up with these trends and a lot of trends, especially fashion trends, when you look back, whether it's haircuts, whether it's, you know, clothes. I've talked about Jinko jeans. <laughs> I've talked about 80s perms. I've talked about multiple subjects on my podcast. And when you look back, you're, you're, you just think, well, that was ridiculous looking. But people continue to do that. So I just had to take a short little break. And I'm just saying that because I could splice these two audio segments together and that would be the professional best thing to do and just not mention it and keep rolling <laughs> with my thought process. But the thing about me is that once I stop talking <laughs> about a thought that I'm having, I kind of lose my train of thought. So my podcast is kind of put together, bam, I do it all at one time. And so I'm just letting you in that I had to stop because I lifted my arm up and I noticed that I had sweat in one armpit and not in the other armpit. And so I kind of was, what's that about? And I didn't want to talk about that on the podcast. So I just paused it and went to the bathroom and held my arms up in the mirror and was like, what's going on, man? And my theory is what happened is that when I got out of the shower, I threw deodorant and a t-shirt on real quick and maybe I didn't dry one armpit good enough because at first I was like, did I put deodorant on in both my armpits? But I established that I had because I did the old, the old smell test, the old smell <laughs> And so I worked that situation out and took a little 30 about 30 40 minute break and now i'm back to recording and i'm not good at this i'm not good at finding my groove again how glenn got his groove back but i'm gonna try to get my groove back and i'm just asking for your patience while i try to get my groove back all right so we were talking about materialism and why people keep getting sucked into trends so I guess the question is why do people keep getting sucked into trends and maybe it's so they don't stand out because I think that we're, I think that people just are a little insecure sometimes and they don't want to stand out. I mean, some people do. There's people that do like artists that do and you know, that's cool. Like people like maybe Lady Gaga and people that just kind of march to the beat of their own drum which I do, but it's not as interesting as what she do. <laughs> That's for sure. But, you know, I was thinking about... So the main thing that, that a materialistic mentality, you know, I think that that appeals to you visually when you see things. I thought about that. And so I started thinking about... And this was a serious thought that I had. 
I started thinking about, or well, does that mean that blind people are not as materialistic as people that can see? You know? Have you ever thought of that? Are blind people more materialistic or as materialistic? And I asked some people that I knew about it, and they just were like, yeah, they, yeah, whatever, dude. That's, I guess not. <laughs> I guess it's not that interesting of a thought. But it's something that I thought about, and it's interesting to think about because I've never seen a blind person that was super into material things. You know, and maybe there are, and I just don't know about them. But I just thought that that was kind of an interesting thought. So, think about that. Ponder that with me, folks. But, anyway, before I move on any farther in my podcast today, I just kind of hit a dead end there, (laughs) didn't I? You see, I'm not good. I'm not good at coming back. I just need to keep going while I'm going. But, before I go on any farther today, into the next thing that I want to talk about, I wanted to put a promo in today's podcast. And the promo that I have today is for a podcast that I've been listening to since pretty much the beginning um, of when I started podcasting. And it's a it's a podcast that I stumbled across and found, um, I think, when I first opened the Twitter account for Glenn Think Stuff podcast. And it's a podcast called Hong Kong Confidential, right? And it's this lady, Jules Hannaford, right? And she is has a totally different podcast than I have. But it's a fascinating podcast. It's a great listen. It's an educational podcast. She interviews people on her her podcast. They talk about important issues, um, social issues, environmental issues, all these different issues from an intellectual standpoint like a real intellectual standpoint so I can't say enough good things about Hong Kong Confidential listen to it because after you get done listening to me it kind of dumbs you down a little bit and you're just like man I need something to make me what I was before I listened to Glenn Thinks <laughs> so I highly recommend Hong Kong Confidential I'm not just saying that it's something I was listening to this podcast yesterday it's great stuff she's a published author you should really listen what a cool lady what a cool lady and when you hear her she puts off a good vibe you'll know what I'm talking about you'll want to listen to her so check out her promo right now Hong Kong Confidential a podcast with Jules Hannaford is designed to educate and entertain my audience It's an interview-style show where many topical social issues are discussed and personal stories are shared. The podcast can be inspiring, confronting, harrowing and at times hilarious. All of the stories have uplifting messages. We all need to be heard to heal and listening to the experiences of others can often help the rest of us deal with whatever life has to throw at us. Find Hong Kong Confidential on Ozcast Network at www.ozcast.com oscastnetwork.com Hong Kong Confidential is also available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher and YouTube and anywhere that you can find your podcasts. Check out Hong Kong Confidential today. 
check out Hong Kong Confidential, you will not be disappointed. And I'm not just saying that to suck up to another podcaster. It's some it's a podcast I really enjoy. It's so well done and thoughtful, unlike my podcast. <laughs> um great job, Jules. Y'all guys check it out. Alright, so moving right along, I wanted to talk about a Black Widow serial killer today. And I know some of you are like, Glenn, think stuff. We don't come here to hear a true crime podcast because you're not a true crime podcaster. That is a correct assessment of me, but it's something that I really have been digging lately. And it's not like a... Uh, I want to put together something that's like I said at the beginning of my podcast that's really well done because I think that would be fun and I can actually write believe it or not but that's not the the whole style of my podcast so this will not be this will be very disappointing to you because I've talked about H.H. Holmes on my podcast before I've talked about Lavinia Fisher on my podcast before two very interesting serial killers and for some reason like these old school serial killers really really are fascinating to me you know because they didn't have the technology back then that they have now to catch serial killers like the dna stuff and all that fancy business and so maybe in the future like i said i may do a different podcast that is not as frequent as Glenn Think Stuff. This is my first love. I'm going to stick by Glenn Think Stuff because I love to do this. But I even thought I could call my other podcast, I could call it Rigor More Stuff. <laughs> but I kind of jumped into Glenn Think Stuff, so I don't want to just jump into something else because it's something that would have to be really researched and done right. And so I don't even know. Man, I don't even know. But I believe that I could. I believe I can fly. I believe I can do a true crime podcast. I think... Alright, I'll just stop. Alright, alright. So this is what I did in preparation of this podcast today where I wanted to talk about Belle Gunness. The Lady Bluebeard is the nickname that she has gotten. I thought that what I would do is I started, I, I was just reading about different serial killers online because I listened to, um, I really dig the true crime podcast Conspired, which is not true crime, it's true crime paranormal. And I've always been into paranormal stuff, so I love that, I dig that, I like the the weird stuff that they'll talk about sometimes. I really like the creepy stories episode that they put out. Um... But the true crime, like, they're just so thorough in the research. And um, I also listened to another podcast called Morbid. And that is, like, a sick podcast you should totally check out. Um, but what I did was I was listening to different podcasts. Once I found this lady online, I, I looked up in, in, I guess, iTunes. I just Googled or not googled I iTunes searched that name and I found a few podcasts about her so while I was out and about I listened to these podcasts about Belle Gunness 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 and then I watched some uh, documentaries about her and then I read 
quite extensively about this lady. And here's the thing that I found. And this is something that I ran into with Lavinia Fisher and H.H. Holmes. When you are looking at these older serial killers, what you run across that kind of sucks, but it kind of leaves a lot to your imagination, which is good for me, and maybe that's why I'm kind of attracted towards um, these older cases, if you will, is that the, some of the information, I don't know if it's like urban legend and the, or like just folklore, like some of the facts that people present as facts don't always line up. And so that's what I stumbled across with this lady, with this kind, sweethearted lady. And so what I found online was I found something that was put together by the Department of Psychology um, at Radford University in Radford, Virginia. And I thought that what I would do is I would use a timeline that they put together on Bell um, today in my podcast because what I was doing before I found this was I was putting together a timeline of my own but I was finding conflicting information so what I want to do is I kind of want to tell a little quick story about this lady because it's the Glenn Think Stuff podcast you're not here for some heavy you know you're not here because it's well done <laughs> unless it's your first one and then your last time you'll listen to me. But if you've listened to me for a little bit, you, that's not my deal. That's not what I do here. Not because I'm lazy, because I think it's fun. But, so, I thought that what I would do is I would go with the information that they have put together. Because they have this really kind of, um, like a little spreadsheet timeline that's cool. And it kind of hits on the big stuff. And so, I thought that I would go through this with you and Belle Gunnis was actually born under a different name Brian Hild Paul's 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 dadder Storseth Brian Hild Brian Hild Paul's dadder Storseth in Selbun Norway right she was born in Norway she was not born in the United States uh, she was the youngest of eight children right and she was born in 1859 Maybe I should have said that first. She was born in 1859 in Norway. She was she was the youngest of eight children. That is just a piece of information about Belle. That's kind of irrelevant. That just proves she old now. That just proves she old. That's all that proves. All right. This is the first significant thing that I came across as far as how she what could have kind of driven her into a life of serial um, killing, which a podcast that I listened to, and I never heard this before, but a podcast that I listened to, I don't know the name of it, or I'd plug it. It's it's a bigger, I think it's a more mainstream podcast, but uh, they said that most of the serial killers are men because men find some sort of sexual gratification in um, what they're doing when you know they're killing people. Not as a, I mean that's not all male serial killers um, because Dexter was not like that but um, kind of when violence and um, sexuality collide with these people um, in 
you know, some way, shape, or form in their younger years, they said that um, that men associate murder with sexual gratification when they're serial killers, and women typically do not. The women serial killers um, typically do not or not that way. So I thought that was just kind of interesting. But this is in 1876 when Belle was 17, she was pregnant. And it says on this timeline that she was beaten by the baby's father and miscarried. And other sources that I've seen, and there's been several other sources, is that she was at some kind of dance in Norway. And she got kicked in the stomach by a man and miscarried her baby after being kicked in the stomach by this man. And the the research that I did online said that he was kind of who he was in the community made it to where nothing happened to him. He wasn't prosecuted or anything like that. And so, um, but on this timeline from... Um, Radford University, it says that it was the baby's father that actually did this. And everywhere says that I read and saw and listened to said that this was a big event in Belle Gunnis' life. Her personality changed significantly when this happened, right? All right, so that's the first thing. In 1883, she was 24, so it was about seven years after that happened, she sailed to America because she had a sister that was, that was already in America. And um, so she came to America, and when she came to America, she changed her name to Belle Gunnis. Um, from Brian Hill to Paul's daughter, Storseth. And I'm glad that Belle Gunnis changed her name just for my sake because I cannot keep saying her Norway name because it's just hard for my body to say. <laughs> so she came to America when she was 24 to be with her sister. All right, that was 1883. She was 24 years old. In 1884, when she was 25, she moved to Chicago and met Mads Sorensen, and she married this guy. So she met this guy, Mads. How do you like that name? Mads. What's your name is? My name is Mads. So the two got married. She was 25 years old in 1884. Well, Mads and Belle opened like a candy store, right? They opened a candy store because they, I guess they like candy. I mean, who doesn't like candy? I guess, I don't know. I don't know if I would like candy as much back then because the dental advancements that have been made since those days, um, man... It was pretty rough when you went to the dentist back then. And I don't like going to the dentist now. Like I said before. I don't like going to the dentist now. So I know I wouldn't be liking having people's hands in my mouth then. Unless you were my friend. Put your hands in my mouth. But anyway, they opened a candy store and it was unsuccessful. And a year after they opened it, it burned down. It burned down. Imagine that. It burned down and they collected insurance so that's just kind of sketchy but i mean you, you got to give this person the benefit of the doubt back then 
you know, and as we proceed in the story, you will see that Bell likes to collect insurance money. So, the confectionery store, the candy store, it burned down. It was not successful. It burned down. They got the money, you know. During this time period, they had four children. Belle and Mads, her husband, had four children. Caroline, Axel, Myrtle, and Lucy. Caroline, like Coraline, I like Coraline, Axel like Axel Rose, Myrtle like Myrtle Beach, and Lucy like I love Lucy. I still won't remember those names. I might be able to, though. All right, that was all happened between 1884, when she was 25, and 1896. She's 37 now. We're moving right along. She's 37 years old in 1896. All right, so Caroline dies, supposedly of acute colitis, same symptoms as poisoning, right? So I think I want to say, see, this is what the timeline says. The timeline says that Belle and Mads have four children, Caroline, Axel, Myrtle, and Lucy. I want to say that all of these children were not bells all right it says that they have four children on this timeline but according to other sources i believe that mads brought two of the children to the marriage um that is i don't know that's what's weird about this older stuff is that you get conflicting reports about it. So I want to say that Caroline died supposedly of acute colitis, and I want to say that was Mad's child and Belle's stepchild. All right, because I want to say that that happened. Um, I want to say that I read that when that happened, it was not her actual child, but it's the same symptoms as poisoning. Um, because back then, acute colitis, all this, the the diseases that they had back then, they didn't have the vaccinations that they have now. Um, so we'll get your kids they vaccinations but uh she got insurance money right bell collected insurance money right all right that's in 1896 bell was 37 in 1898 when bell gunnis was 39 axel dies supposedly of acute colitis right they collected more life insurance they collected more life insurance two years later. All right. On July 30th, 1900, Belle Gunnis was 41 years old. Her husband, Mads, died from undetermined causes. It was later found to be strychnine poisoning. All right. So here's what happens with, with Belle Gunnis' husband. She, she poisoned him with strychnine, which we know that now. You can just assume that. That's safe to assume. Maybe it's not safe to assume if you're a detective um, because you have to prove it, but doctors back then did not have the technology that they have now. And so his doctors, I read, he had an enlarged heart, and his doctors knew he had an enlarged heart, and um, and but it was later found to be strychnine poisoning, which is you know which is interesting because she collected eight thousand dollars in life insurance immediately after that when he died 
$8,000 back then in 1900, you can imagine what that is, what that is equivalent to now. I heard what it's equivalent to now, but I forgot. But you can imagine. That's a lot of money back then in 1900. All right. In 1902, Bell moved to Laporte, 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 Indiana, and met Peter Gunnis. Right? So she met her husband that she took his last name. All right. In, let's see, 1902, Bell was 42. She married Peter Gunnis. One week later, his son dies of a virus. Well, that's just weird. That is just weird. So, one week after they get married, his son dies of a virus. And she's getting pretty good with the strychnine. You know, at this point, she's getting pretty good with the strychnine. So, that's sketchy. All right? In December of 1902, when Bell Gunnis was 43 years old... Peter dies when a meat grinder fell from a shelf onto his head. So that you got to be careful of meat grinders falling off the shelf onto your head. You have to be careful of that. <laughs> oh man. All right, here's what happened with that. When she married Peter Gunnis. Maybe this is how it went. When she married Peter Gunnis, he brought children to the marriage. Maybe that's how that works. Alright. So, he also... Peter Gunnis had a daughter. And what the daughter did was... She went to school and she... She told one of her friends that... That Belle had killed her father. That is what she said. She said that that Bell had hit him with a meat cleaver in the head, right? And when the police started asking questions, and I think something actually went to trial here, when the child, when when Peter's son, or Peter's daughter, rather, was put on the stand, she denied saying this. She denied saying this, but she was scared of Bell, I'm sure, and her uncle took her away, I think, and put her in a boarding school, is what happened to the little girl, and so, just a side note, that's something interesting, that Peter Gunnis' daughter's life was saved, um, because after she told, she blabbed to her friends at school, her friend at school, about Bell killing her father, you know, she was the next to go. You know, you can already see that happening. But she got out. She actually escaped the hand of Belgonis. All right. So what happened was after that happened, there were actually two insurance policies that overlapped um, like the day before. I want to say the day before she killed her husband two insurance policies overlapped and the day after the funeral bell cashed in on those life insurance policies which is i mean red flag city come on people are you serious right now so anyway she got a chunk of money right and so what she did pretty soon immediately after this was she placed an ad in several different newspapers news publications remember newspapers remember those man those were the days when people read newspapers so she placed an ad in the paper and she wanted um she sought men who could take care of her 
and um, she had several different suitors over the past or the next few years after she placed those ads um, because they were really I actually read the ad that she placed in the papers and it was pretty much I mean she wanted to she she acted like I have this farm um, I have financial security I've you know my finances I have money let's combine our monies and you know she was just she was just a gold I ain't saying she a gold digger she was a gold digger is what she was and I think that I think that she killed for financial gain is what she was doing so um so this is all when she's 43 years old she was a busy lady in 1902 she got married and um killed one of her husband's um sons she um her husband died when a meat cleaver fell on his head and uh then she placed the ad in the paper after she got all kinds of life insurance money what a dirty dirty lady all right so, in 1902, suitor John Moo brings $1,000 to Bell. He disappears from her farm within a week. Several other suitors, including Peter Carlson and Old Budsberg, met the same fate. So, what she pretty much said in this ad is, I'm not screwing around. I don't want just a letter unless it is followed by a visit. Please come see me on my farm of death. And, um... So, something that is interesting, just as a side note, just as a side note, is that there was this delivery guy, and, um, maybe I shouldn't tell this to the end, but there was this delivery guy that would deliver huge trunks to Belle's house, and Belle was like a healthy lady, and back then, it was like, that was attractive to men if women were... A little heavier set and curvy and um, that was like the big thing and uh, and they would you know put corsets on and squish their guts all together and men were like woohoo and she was six feet tall and so she was pretty strong she could probably take me out from what I read about this lady she probably could take me out but there was this dude this this delivery guy that would deliver trunks to her house like all these trunks I was getting all these trunks and so um, he was like that's weird because when he would deliver them she'd throw them up on her shoulders and carry them around like they weren't anything you know like no big deal and there were several neighbors to the farm that would see her out digging late at night that's not weird some people just dig late at night <laughs> alright so that's going on all these suitors that she is having, you know, they're disappearing. Um, in the spring of 1903, she's 44 years old. Her, she had a son named Philip. He's born. And she has several suitors over the next few years. Um, this says right here that, let's see, in 1906 when she was 47 the foster daughter Jenny supposedly goes to school in Los Angeles and is never heard from again her body is later found in the yard so she did have a foster daughter um, I don't believe this is the same girl that I talked about that went off to boarding school because her uncle did 
the one that the one that did go off I think the uncle rescued her so this is a different um, foster child um, supposedly but that's what you run into with this it's just weird but anyway so that happened people would ask you know where is this little girl at and she would just tell them that she went to Los Angeles so in the spring of 1907 when Belle is 48 years old she meets Ray Lampfear and gives him work alright and so she needed somebody to to work her farm and so this guy Ray was like a farmhand he was not a suitor he had nothing to offer to Belle um, because he was just a farmhand and um, the thing about Ray is that he started catching feelings for Belle but I don't think that those feelings were reciprocated or I don't know if they weren't acknowledged by Bell, but he did not have the finances to mess around with a gold digger such as Bell Gunnis. Um, but he did have feelings for her. And she actually used his used him because because of this fact. Um she used him a good bit, which I'll talk about a little bit. Ray Lanfear, the farmhand. All right, in the winter of 1907, she was 48 or 49 years old at this point. She purchased a wedding ring with a new man who disappeared shortly thereafter. And then she met another guy, Andrew Heligen, and became engaged to him. And in January of 1908... When Belle Gunnis was 49 years old, Andrew withdraws savings with Belle at the bank, and then he immediately disappears. Um, okay, and this is where it gets interesting. In, let's see, April, April 27th. April 27th of 1908, um, Belle writes a last will and testament, okay? She writes a last will and testament in April 27th of 1908. Okay. On the very next day, fire, her her house goes up into flames. Her farmhouse goes up into flames. Um, it kills the children. It kills all the children in the in the in the home. Belle's body was supposedly found headless. And let's see. There is speculation whether it was Bell because the body found seemed too small. Okay, and so this is where I'll stop looking at this timeline and just talk about this because this is the really interesting part to me. Alright, so she wrote a last will and testament. By this point, she was loaded. She had so much money, it was the equivalent to... I mean, she was a millionaire in today's world. The amount of money that she had accumulated from all these gentlemen callers. And so what is interesting is after the fire, she wrote her last will and testament the day before. After the fire, she they, they found out that they checked her bank accounts and she had withdrawn almost all of the money. There was little money left in the bank accounts in her personal bank accounts and so that's interesting and then the body found 
in the fire, the remains found in the fire were, um, it was a headless woman. All the children got burned, right? It was a headless, a headless woman. And upon examination, Bell Gunnis was six foot, six foot, six feet tall. And the body of the lady that was found was um, a little over five feet, around five feet, right? So there was no way that that could have been her, and they didn't have, they did not have a head to go by any kind of dental records or anything like that, because actually Bell Gunnis Dennis um, got in on the got in on on this whole deal and he said if I had some teeth I could tell you whether it was her or not well actually later they uncovered some teeth they uncovered teeth that were given to Bell Gunnis dentist and it was determined that they were Bell Gunnis teeth now they just found the teeth they found the loose teeth in the wreckage in the fire that were determined to be Bell Gunnis. So you tell me, you tell me what that sounds like. They weren't in a skeleton, the skull. They just found the teeth. Bell Gunnis, apparently, this is, I mean, this is just a theory, but she pulled her teeth out to make it look like she perished in the fire, which is crazy. Now, something else that's interesting is that the farm became a like a tourist attraction like even I read hot dog vendors set up shop there and tourists would travel there and even locals just to see this I mean this this place where this lady lived you know it was like I think it was called the murder farm or something and what would happen what they discovered they started digging everywhere and they discovered all of these bodies all over her property she would cut these guys up with a meat cleaver she would dismember them rip rip arms and legs out of sockets dismember them feed them to her pigs her hogs her hogs she would feed them to her pigs and then like bury the remains she had the system what a gory system this is man it's just wild to think about this lady doing this and um, I know that I haven't gone very much into depth about Bell Gunnis, but um, you should totally read up on this lady because it's really fascinating. There is like her number of victims on on this spreadsheet that Radford, Virginia, the Department of Psychology, um, it says that 16 victims confirmed plus another possible 12 equals 28, right? And I actually read somewhere else that there were up to 40 victims. I don't know how true that is. See, when I was looking at H.H. Holmes, and before I did that episode, and I've just, I've, I've always thought that the murder castle, H.H. Holmes' murder castle was, you know, fascinating. But it seems like there's some urban legend and numbers get kind of blown up. But sometimes, and it's hard to, you know, know exactly what's what, but 28, that's nothing. And I mean the confirmed, 16, you know, that's crazy. All these people that she killed. So what's interesting about this whole deal is that 
Belle Gunness, in my opinion, she escaped and she went somewhere else. And I don't know if she set up shop again. It would be interesting. I mean, she was loaded by that point. She was loaded. So I don't know if she had one of those needs to kill like a lot of serial killer, psychopath type people have. Or if she just did it strictly for financial gain and once she was set up, she just it, it was like a master plan and she set up shop somewhere else with no teeth <laughs> it's not funny but it's strange to think about bell gunness because no one ever knows what happened to her the farmhand that she hired that was in love with her um actually told authorities that she um because she kind of turned on him she kind of turned on him when she was done using him um, but he did not. He still had feelings for her. He still had feelings for her. And he told authorities actually at the end that she was um, still alive and that he'd seen her. And the sheriff um, actually received tips for years afterwards of sightings of Bell Gunness. I think that that's pretty common, you know, when something like this happens. The, you know, all kinds of people see people that they don't actually see or they might actually see because I'm sure that those kinds of tips have led to arrests but um, what happened is this farmhand ended up he ended up um, getting charged in the fire and he was actually not charged with murder he was not convicted of murder he was just convicted of arson and I want to say he was sentenced to something like don't quote me on this do not quote me on this but I want to say he was like he was uh, convicted of of arson but not murder and got 20 years and I think he died of tuberculosis in prison probably i think it's about a year later a year after he went to prison he he died of tuberculosis and so that's like the glenn think stuff version the glenn think stuff the shoddy version <laughs> of bell gunness i hope that you enjoyed that it's a lady that i never heard of and i thought that it was interesting it, it's kind of it kind of leaves a lot to your imagination because you're like well where did she go after that you know and what did she do? Did she murder again? Did she murder again? I guess we'll never know. Do, 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 do. <laughs> but that's my episode for today, people. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I really appreciate all the support that I've gotten lately and all of the downloads that I've gotten lately and all of the love that I've gotten lately. Thank you for supporting the Glenn Thanks Stuff podcast. You are the best listeners in the world. Of any podcast, my listeners are number one. So if you want to hook me up, you can leave me a review on iTunes. You can click the stars if you don't want to do that. You can do both. You can do the hokey pokey and turn yourself around if you don't want to do any of that stuff. All right? So there's three options for you right there. That just bumps me up in search results. When people are looking for strange and unusual podcasts to listen to, they stumble across mine a little bit easier the more reviews that I have. I'm not going to ask you for a five-star review. I'm going to ask you for an honest review. An honest, just be honest. Like Jiminy Cricket says in the Bible. So, do that. If you want to, follow me on Twitter. If once a week does not satisfy your desires, 
for Glenn Thanks Stuff. I'm on Twitter at Glenn Thanks Stuff is my handle, and you can follow me there. I tweet. I just tweet whatever I want to tweet. It's my tweeter. I do with my tweeter as a wish. But you can check me out on Twitter. And if you want to hear me talk about something like a certain subject, something weird, something strange, something not strange, something common every day. I've done it before. Uh, listener requests. You can email me, glennthinkstuff at yahoo.com. All one big word with an A with the squiggly line in the middle. glennthinkstuff at yahoo.com. Shoot me an email if you have criticism for me. You can, you know, I'm, I want to know how I can improve this. I want to know what to do, what I'm doing wrong, what I can do better. I'm down with that. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. You guys have been awesome. I love doing my podcast. I love doing my little podcast every week. So thank you for listening. If you have not listened, I have uh, multiple podcasts in the bag already. You can go back through my catalog and see if there's anything interesting that you might want to check out. Tell your friends, get them listening, or get them thinking that you're weird for listening to me. And we'll march to the beat of our own drum together. I love you guys. I'll talk to you next week. Week, week. And that's all that I have to say today. Goodbye.